0: Hi, and welcome to the mean. I'm Ryan Huber and joining me as always is Nick Seagraves. Hey Nick. Hey Ryan. And joining us from the booth that doesn't exist is Rick Deal. Hi Rick. Hey guys. So tonight, we're going to talk about uh, something that, I don't know if you've heard of this, uh, sort of like the band Arcade Fire, uh, very underground. (laughs) Uh, It's uh, a a little documentary called Tiger King. And uh, I think what the world really needs right now is three white guys talking about Tiger King.
1: I think that's important.
2: Me too, I just finished a sip of gin because
0: (laughs) of Tiger King. And so you know it's good. So, I think before we get started, there we should just say, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about what happens in Tiger King. And if you don't know what Tiger King is, um... Are you not doing social isolation?
2: Are you at the beach? Have you, yeah. have you been at the beach for three weeks? Are you the three people at Dave and Buster's
0: still? <laughs> uh, an institution. So, I think the first thing that I would like to do is just to get everybody's general impressions of Tiger King... Um, as as a television show as a work of art as a cultural phenomenon um, and uh, maybe we could start with Rick Rick you, you just wrapped up a binge and, and just uh, to be tech technical here we're excluding the Joel McHale hosted reunion follow-up probably quickly thrown together because not all of us have seen that mm-hmm. so the we're gonna we're gonna say the original canon here of Tiger yes. King um, what were your impressions
1: well, to use the greatest cliche of all time when describing any t- piece of media, it was a roller coaster.
2: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it's the greatest story ever told.
1: <laughs> I am going to invent a word because no existing word can describe it, so I will invent it now. Scrumtrulescent. Yes. Scrumtrulescent. Yes. But it uh for one thing, it was It was actually, believe it or not, for me, it was almost a slow start in that every person in America had been going on for a few days uh, about how completely insane and off the wall it was. So when I completed the first episode, my first thought was, I know it's going to get crazier, but I still kind of expected more. To and... be fair,
0: you, you lived in Florida for most of your life. I did. And I have two things to say about this. One, this is, although most of it happens in Oklahoma, this is the most Florida show that has ever existed in yes. the history of shows. And Completely. <laughs> and on that note, someone having lived 30-plus years in Florida mm-hmm. would not bat an eye at most of the things that happened in the first episode.
1: No, that that's really true. Well, there are so many things about growing up in Florida that if you did not grow up there you don't understand the reality of you know there was there was a meme last winter uh this past winter i should say because you know we're still feeling the effects of it here in tennessee but where because of the freezing down in florida people had to watch for falling iguanas because they would freeze and fall out of the trees and i saw people posting this thinking it was a joke and i had to explain no that's really a thing in florida it gets cold enough that they start basically hibernating and then iguanas just fall out of trees and you ha- just welcome to florida
0: i want to, i want to describe something i used to have to do in order to try to avoid morbid obesity <laughs> because i was a school teacher and a night owl i would get up in the morning and i would get ready for school i would be in my classroom by 7:30 i would drink 7 gallons of coffee during the course of the day and be an absolute wreck by 3:30 and then i would go home and i would crash Uh, I would then hang out with my wife and friends, people who were on a different schedule than I was, including Rick. uh, People who liked to hang out until all hours of the evening. And then what I would do is when my wife would go to sleep at 11 p.m. or or midnight, um, that is when I got my exercise. Even though I was alone by myself at my house at 3.30 in the afternoon, it was simply not an option to run uh, outside most no. of the year. And so God, no. I would run, uh, Nick actually uh, at the time lived near a golf course. And, uh, and and I knew Nick at the time. And I knew that this golf course was uh, not, not heavily populated. It wasn't like, it, there were always people there. So at around midnight or one o'clock in the morning, I would put on my running uh, gear and my shoes and I would run to the golf course and I would take off my shoes and I would run Uh, run the the links of the golf course at at 1 o'clock in the morning, um, which is kind of an interesting and freeing feeling. You're at this very expensive place. But it was literally the only time during the day that I could even imagine for six months out of the year going for a run. And so that's what I did. I ran the golf course uh, in bare feet at 1 o'clock in the morning for uh, several months because uh, Florida is the weirdest place.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the last thing I'll say about how weird Florida is before we get back on topic, which fair warning, tangents are my favorite thing in the world, so... And yeah. we all lived in Florida, so deal with yeah. it. We're all grand Floridians. It's going to happen. But there was yet another meme going around a while back of about a 12-foot alligator that was just walking across a, uh, a golf course. Yeah. And once again, on the internet, people were going, oh, this isn't real. That's... Somebody made that. That's CGI, which, first of all... I mean, I guess there's people who... Mm-hmm. There really are people who don't have anything better to do than just CGI an alligator walking across a golf course to put it on Reddit. There are people... Like, that's their afternoon, and I get yes. it. But I just remember seeing that and going... I, I don't understand what's weird about this. It's a 12-foot alligator. Mm-hmm. You're in a grassland. You're probably right by a canal. You, like, what? why would anyone question this? <clears throat> and it's just yet another piece of... I lived 30-plus years in Florida, so... The things that don't seem strange to me, apparently, you know, I guess Florida is basically the Australia of the United States. So there's a lot of things trying to
0: do I'm 0% surprised there are many private zoos in Florida. Yeah, Yeah. that does not shock me at all. It's true if you ever have to explain
2: what alligators do to a non-Floridian of like, oh, they die in your pool (laughs) because of the chlorine and animal control has to come and they like have this meat hook. And they just kind of throw them in the back of the truck, or are they sit on the highway because they're sunbathing, mm-hmm. and then they just die. Yep. And then they kill people sometimes, right. but like uh, and deer, mm-hmm. they love deer. Yeah. But like and small dogs. Whenever, yeah. Whenever you explain this to someone, they're like, "Sure." And you're like, "It's true. It's really mm-hmm. true."
1: Yeah. It's like this isn't even the weird stuff. This is just no,
0: this, this is life. This is just nature. You haven't yeah. seen what the humans are like. And listen, <laughs> I wanna. I don't wanna jump. I don't wanna jump ahead here. But if you were going to murder somebody in Florida, it's one of the easiest states to hide the body because you can literally just drive 45 minutes from wherever you live and there's a swamp and you could throw the body in the swamp and you will never see that body again. Yeah, or just like literally leave it with a name tag
2: in Port Everglades and no one would find it even there. You could leave, like, fingerprints and a
1: passport.
2: <laughs> Put it on a
1: cruise yeah. ship. <laughs> yeah. People would just be like, all right. You could take a selfie and geotag mm-hmm. yourself with it. They're still not yeah. finding that body. I've seen Dexter. Yeah. But uh, all of this that says, to say. Yes. Your impression's about Tiger King. My impression's about Tiger King. I underwhelmed with that first episode. And then as things went on, I started to understand the well the the point where i'll be honest i almost stopped watching was uh i we threw out the spoiler warning, spoiler so we warning. Just... listen if you don't want to know turn it off yeah
0: so when, all three of you
1: when one of the because there's more than one when one of the meth addicted gun wielding husbands mm-hmm. shot himself in the head that was my moment of okay we have crossed the darkness barrier and this isn't like Fun or entertaining for me, this just this kind of ruined my night. Oh yeah, and I I I I don't know if I really need another couple episodes of this in my life. That's how I
0: felt halfway through the second recent Star Wars movie. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I was like, this is a lot, man. Like, I'm on board. I'm here for it. But like, there's ice foxes. Like, I'm not sure what to do Uh with myself.
2: Mm -hmm. There's horses
0: now. Space horses. Space. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Space horses. So there's a casino or there's some, there's things, mm-hmm. not to get on another tangent, although I know Rick likes them, but it, it just, it's that moment where you go, there's no going back. Nope. I can't ever think about uh,
1: zoos the same mm-hmm. before or
0: the Millennium Falcon. Yeah.
2: It's true. It's tainted. It is. They're tainted.
1: Like my childhood. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. It's kind of like a weird Russian doll of neurosis that, or maybe like what it, people are like onions, like St. Shrek said. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, this show is just like an unfolding, spiraling hellscape until you get to that nuggety, realistic, maybe suicidal mm-hmm. thing. And then it's like, things got real. Yeah, real fast. Yeah,
0: I think it's also, it's the moment where you go, oh, this matters. Yes. Like all the weirdness and the zaniness and the person <laughs> whose arm gets ripped off mm-hmm. and the and the Walmart meet a nightmare hellscape for at least one person and mm-hmm. most assuredly more than one person. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's when it kind of like drives someone like this is someone's real life and it ended. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm sessions did you watch the watch this in because i think jessica nick and i watched it in three or four
1: probably something like that so just two yeah just just two um, I, I got the confirmation that has to that. matter
0: right that has to matter like how many like if someone were to watch all of these in one session yeah i would think that would be a different experience
1: yeah uh, there, there's you know different different media is going to have different you know binge points if you are able to watch more than two consecutive episodes of black mirror you I don't think we need anyone to confirm that you're a sociopath. You've already done that for us. So, yes, I'm looking at you, Nick. But... Well, the last season doesn't count. No, it does yeah, not. Cuz it's funny. I, I, was or was it
2: supposed to be? I thought it was like I don't even know. Black Mirror. I think it was fanciful. I'll go with okay. that. Okay.
0: Star Trek, Miley Cyrus singing 9-inch nails. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I saw that episode to be honest with She's you. She's a
2: robot.
0: Wait, well, did no. I miss a whole season?
2: I think you did. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. I didn't see that. The season. last season's really I,
2: bad.
1: I remember yeah, I was Star say, Trek. I don't, I don't know if you really missed oh, anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. So frankly, you dodged. Something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There you go. go. Yeah. Well, as I as mm-hmm. I were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so with this, we uh, we binged it in about two sessions. So it definitely had that that just the final episode ends and you do just kind of feel like, huh? I don't really know where to go from here. I will say the. I had one genuine excited fist pump moment of the entire series, and that is at the end when they announced that um, that Antle's compound got raided. Mm-hmm. That was the highlight of the entire series for well, me. Just who knows what happened there? I God I mean, me, and and who knows how many know. federal agents became wives
0: of his? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or if it was like a Waco thing. So, yes,
1: <laughs> I mean no, honestly it honestly. With these people, we don't know. Yeah. They didn't tell us. Yeah. yeah. Start uh, fire, so see right, what happens. Yeah. Yes. Right
0: after the final scene faded, and you started, the music came in, and I saw a tiger and all that. Um, so, what what was that immediate final impression for you? What was the feeling you had at the end of it?
1: It was a realization that I shouldn't have been surprised because everybody warned me that. In regarding all of the the primary characters, so not the side, uh, the side characters, which, I mean, this is not a work of fiction, but I'm going to use that term anyway. But all of the people who owned zoos and large animals, at least in that respect, none of them were good. Uh, There were some that I disliked less than I suppose other people, but overall it was that realization of it ended and I went, huh. I kind of feel, I don't altogether feel like I need a shower, but I do kind of feel like I need a little bit of mind bleach. And I guess I was just, there was some part of me that was waiting for someone to root for and hope for. And everyone said that doesn't happen. Going into this, I knew that doesn't happen, but I guess some part of me still wanted that. And that wasn't there. So I think that's why I latched on to the, maybe there's some hope of Doc Antle getting, you know, shoved in a dark hole for the rest (laughs) of his life. I can cross my fingers. But I think that was it. It was just kind of a, huh. All that that really happened. My final impression, and I don't know if
0: this is accurate because it was just based upon one shot uh, and one piece of information. My final impression at the end of all of this was 19%. 19% of Oklahoma... (laughs) voted for this dude <laughs> to be the governor that's amazing mm-hmm. that's that gives me some strange feeling that's i don't know something like hope i don't know or because if if a person if a person like this if a, if a person like this can get 19 percent of the vote or at one point you see a tv newscast and it says Nineteen percent for Joe Exotic, the Tiger King. You know, then maybe maybe there there's room for, for all of us at the at the table. Mm, I had the exact opposite <laughs> feeling to that. I was like Just to be clear, like my first my initial first reaction was, Oh, oh, oh God. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I, mean, I I hope people know that. Um mine was like, Oh
2: my gosh, <laughs> like Wow, because like, even in the show, when they like, they interview those two people before the results come out, and they're like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, things need to change. And it's like this like very generic, like, in what way? <laughs> With meth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it just was really kind of scary to me that someone people were so willing to latch on to something that was different that the content of that difference is just like not important at all it's irrelevant yeah but that's never gotten us into trouble as a country so ever i mean luckily we never experienced this so um anyways talk about an irrelevant tangent guys come on talk about something no one's ever talked about um it's just a strange show though in general because of the exactly what you said you want to call them characters because they seem so fictional, they have such intense backstories. They have motivations that are multifaceted, but also like interesting. So it's not just like, oh, I grew up on a cat farm, like kitty mill. Is that what they're called? I don't know. And I was really into it, and then I tried Angel Dust at some bear bar in Fort Lauderdale called Torpedo don't go and like it's really good and so I decided to start a zoo it's like no i grew up this way or even carol baskins or all of them they have like crazy backstories that yeah. sound mm-hmm. like noir novels yeah. mm-hmm. like
0: it's pulpy it's a very yeah, pulpy man. show there's a lot of like abuse and mystery and violence and not intrigue. knowing intrigue all of that yeah there's there's a lot of backstory a lot of backstory So here's a question and this might seem too obvious but what is Tiger King about That's a great question what is it about are you asking what it's about like what like if you had to So someone once said that uh, Anna Karenina is about um, the belief that no one's happiness should ever um, come at the expense of someone else's misery. So if you had to kind of boil down Tiger King to this is what Tiger King is about. Like this is, you know, thematically as a piece of art or literature or cinema or TV or pop culture or whatever you want to call it. Like, what is it? What, what is this thing? Yes, it's a documentary. That's its genre. But what is, like, what's... What is Tiger King? It's a... It's literal.
2: He was a king. He was a monarch in his own land. Like, he controlled and dictated everyone's life through his charisma and through his willingness to do all this crazy insane shit like he was in control and all of them are they're all tiger kings or queens and they have these compounds and systems and volunteers and schedules and it's they're warring it's actually like it reminded me of like you know that chinese like war of the three kingdoms like that's literally what it felt like it's like Doc Antle, Carol Baskins, and Joe Exotic are, like, fighting for their dynasties. Yeah. And kind of the pitfalls of being that type of leader, being that type of charismatic figurehead for something that's just bizarre. Because like we've all said, no one comes out looking great. No.
1: Hmm.
2: What's it about in terms of pop culture? It's bread and circuses. I think for the most part, in terms of, it's kind of like an evolved, in the
0: worst way to watch it, it's an evolved form of Jerry Springer. Yeah, look how weird these people are, look how Mm -hmm. bizarre they are. Um, Your last name's
2: Huber, what's that German word?
0: When you enjoy someone else's... Oh, Schadenfreude. Yeah, it's like a big dose of that. Yeah, it's it's like, like, oh, at least I'm not them. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's an easy way to feel better about yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. For me, it's at a not lowest common denominator level. It's about um, subcultures. Like I think that if you dig into any sub- subculture, punk rock, um, t- <laughs> as private zoos, um, uh, fundamentalist religion, if you dig into any of these things, um, uh, political ideology, um, you see reoccurring types you see sort of reoccurring characters There's that the the person who's the true believer. Mm-hmm. There's a charismatic leader. There are the uh, the councils of uh, Equals that aren't really equal kind of the triumvirates wrestling to see who will be the the one true, mm-hmm. you know the uh, Yes, the one ring to rule them all and in the darkness bind them so in any uh, in any subculture It just reminds me that a lot of these patterns of human behavior function similarly, whether it's like Comic Con or people having big cats that can rip your arm off. For sure.
2: And the shocking reality that how that work environment functions is not too far from what my work environment is. Walmart. It may be in terms of degree. Right? So, like, yes, none of my coworkers got their arms eaten. Maybe figuratively. But it's been, like, I've noticed, like, it's exactly what you said. There's the loyalist. There's the absent-minded,
0: like, follower. There's there's the the... survivor who escaped. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Mm. And you she's so sensible. And she has a lovely cottage in a very cold place.
2: Yes. She needs to get a blanket that love seat is just like not doing her any favors sorry
0: and it's like and, it, and it's that that person who escaped but they understand so the way that she i forget what her name was the 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 lady who had been part of Doc Antle's sex cult mm-hmm. wife harem tiger cub like hey you 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 have to be in my harem you have to see my gross body, but you get to hold baby tiger cubs and work 80 hours a week. Um, and get so, free
1: plastic surgery you didn't ask for. Yes, mm-hmm. that too.
0: Um, but there's an understanding, and I mean that both in a negative and a positive way, there's an understanding of like, I was in this, so I can tell you all about it, but also it's still more normal to me than it would be to you, who have never experienced it. Yeah. Anyway, those characters are, are abundant. True. And
2: it shows that... I, I mean, I was taken aback by how many people were willingly getting involved with it. Because, I mean, like, okay, so Doc Antles looks nicer, I guess, from what we saw. Maybe just because we didn't see as much of it. Mm-hmm. Before. Or it's not
0: in Oklahoma.
2: Or it's not in Oklahoma. But, like, it looks like there's, like, structures <laughs> there. And, you know, Carol Baskins is obviously just so moralized in the, like, save the animals type way. But in terms of Joe's kingdom, I was always surprised that these people would so willingly, like the person, what is her name? The handless? Is it Sar or something? The um, trans man.
1: I don't know if that was ever. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure at one point, separate pronouns were used at different times. But could be genderqueer, could be trans. Difficult to say.
2: Whoever that person is
0: didn't have a
1: hand. We can agree
2: on that. And
0: that person chose, rather than to go through the pain of healing, that person chose they needed to be back at work in three days. Yes. And they were proud of that. Yes. And so they had their elbow down um, amputated. Yes. And I think it really speaks to, like,
2: the power of a countercultural or an. Or like a in-group purpose. And I think our past with the environments we've been a part of, spoiler alert, a megachurch, like it, you can kind of see that. Like, why would you willingly cut your hand off, figuratively, but like, why would you do this to stay here when the tiger ate your hand? Mm. And it's because there's purpose here. There's I got no place else to go. Yeah. It's that, it's just giving someone a role.
0: I think it's really easy to th- say you want to live off the grid, but... Yeah, like... and, and I think, honestly, that's a really good point. It's like, we act like you can just have meaning and purpose in any context. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the, one of the sicknesses of our current cultural moment is that people are desperate for meaning and purpose and belonging and involvement and uh, hashtag community, and I think, I think it's hard to judge someone for buying into something super weird to get that stuff, yeah. Because we're all tempted to do that, whether it's people who are really into big cats or people who are really into Neon Genesis Evangelion, that or yeah. or you know, full body you know look out the the eye holes clothing or whether it's people who are super into David Lynch or whatever whatever it is yeah I mean it's it's it feels nice to be part of like a
2: I almost want to say like a rebel group or like a anything that's countercultural ish yeah like you you kind of know like yeah we eat Walmart meat. And all of us live in trailers. And this pizza's really good. Yeah, and this pizza's, mm-hmm. really pizza's really good. pizza's really good. And, like, I'm, you're filming me, and I'm sitting on, like, a lawn chair in front of a pile of burnt garbage or something. And it's, like, but in that situation, they all know who they are, and they know they're not part of mainstream culture. Yeah. And, like you said, with punk rock, like, it's the exact same thing.
0: It's this kind of, like, camaraderie. And identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which it seems like this mass mainstream media pop culture thing, which ironically Tiger King has become, that that isn't enough to give someone identity. You need like the, the nicheification, the sort of like, oh, I'm part of a special little corner of pop culture. And that's what gives me my meaning and my purpose and my identity. And like, what is more one-off? What is more unique and different than... I play with baby tigers and um, if something bad happens, it's because a tiger ripped a part of my body off. Like that's pretty unique. Yeah. So having said that, what were some of your favorite moments or who were some of your favorite characters or is there, as, as Rick brought up the possibility, um, is there a, a good guy? Is there a protagonist in this? Let's, let's look at this as like
1: a piece of literature. I was quite shocked because I had seen so many memes and uh, so many tweets Uh, you know I I do follow the Twitter from time to time and I expected to loathe one character above all others and when all was said and done I in fact did not and uh, who is it? I'm kind of afraid that one of the seven people who actually listens to this might come try and hurt me, but I I gotta be honest, I don't like her, but I hated Carol a whole lot less than any of the other zoo owners, I gotta say, because uh, for one thing, I absolutely think she killed her husband. I'm not gonna even try and dispute that, and I'm not gonna get into the whether he may or may not have deserved it because I have mixed feelings that could have gone either way, and genuinely all joking aside, who's to say? But well, I, let's
0: just say, for the sake of interest, that she did.
1: Right. No, I I, I absolutely think that she did. The, the moral quandary I will not venture into is whether she might have been in any way, shape, or form justified. I don't know the answer to that. I'm just saying, I think she killed her husband, but I still find her to be, in her day-to-day activities that we have observed and in the world of big cats, I find her to be less morally bankrupt than... Every other king of the castle, if you will, that we saw. feline Monarch, if you will. Mm-hmm. I like it. And I think, I think I'm going to use that now. Yeah. I want to get
2: that tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, I, I think Carol's interesting because, you know, I think the, the, out, the internet outrage of, like, she obviously killed her husband. It's, like, in a court of law there's a reason why she wasn't convicted it's because even if she did the evidence just isn't there and i wouldn't let a documentary film try to convince me of the events of someone's past that we don't even get to see but there's just something there's something about carol that is do you dislike these people because what they do or do you dislike them because they're strange because Carol is definitely, definitely an insane person. Like, those caveman photos with her weird gimp husband and, like, the outfits and how she walks and how she talks and the bike rides and, like, the fact that she's literally has the psychology of a six-year-old child. But through
0: all of that, like... Is Carol Baskin the worst person? This is gonna be my hot take of the evening. Is she the worst person on this documentary? No. Is she the most unlikable? Yes. <laughs> I that's why I differ with Rick. Because yeah. I I like her the least. I'm sorry, she's not the most bad. Joe is clearly worse. Doc Antle is clearly worse. They're clearly clearly moral monsters, and they deserve whatever is coming to them. And I don't begrudge Carol her freedom and she but there's something aesthetic there's something about the way she goes about doing what she does and the sort of um smug self-righteousness mm-hmm. with which she does it and the way that she's clearly turned her husband into a non-person or maybe he was that way when they met yeah who knows he likes
2: brie and champagne
0: ryan like and champagne kind of a, yeah, yeah that, was that could be an identity definitely a brie and champagne moment or evening um I she is so distasteful to me as a brand yeah. that I would rather deal with the enormity of the moral monstrosity that is Joe Exotic because at least he makes funny country music videos. Exactly. It's, you know, yeah.
1: I, I also have to say I, I don't disagree with really anything you just said. I was really just speaking strictly from the 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 moral standpoint, if we can even try and bring that word into this whole series. Uh, to to be perfectly frank if she said hey there cool cats and kittens one more time I was kind of rooting for Joe's crazy plan to work out and if you've seen the series you know exactly what I'm talking about so I'm with you 100% on the complete lack of likability. yeah morally
0: Mm. she didn't deserve it aesthetically Mm. yeah it's the Skylar effect
1: spot
2: on like Breaking Bad everyone hates Skylar in real life Skyler could have cut his dick off and I think most people would be like good on you girl mm-hmm. like because your husband makes meth and endangers your entire family and killed your brother-in-law <laughs> or like they, you know, didn't kill but you know because like, of his pride yeah because of <laughs> his arrogance yeah but because Walt is so charismatic mm-hmm. and likable it's easier to relate to him whereas Skyler is cold and vindictive and kind of a bitch. And petty. And petty. Mm-hmm. Because, like... Oh and kind God. of uninteresting. Yeah. yeah But in reality, but like you were saying, if you kind of try to step back and not let it be, like, a personality thing and just say, Carol Baskins... For example, the part that really won me over is when she's like, I'm not bringing cubs to a state legislator. Because it's stupid. I'm not here to do that. We're trying to change the law to get these things you know, out of here. We don't want people to have all these huge big cat farms where they're euthanizing, Mm -hmm. like, hundreds of tigers Mm -hmm. every year. And that was, like, oh, I don't know. For some reason, that stuck with me of, like, she if she was really manipulative and that was her own goal, like, she was really just in it to win, which she did do, by the way. I mean, she is the the winner winner. out of the three kingdoms, and especially after the post-credits. Brie and champagne for all. Yeah. It will be a wonderful evening at the
0: volunteer powwow. And her husband might get the chance to paint her toenails. Yeah. Because it's that yeah. kind of evening. He'll get to drink the sweat from her rags. To be so pretentious. To be the most pretentious. To make the two remaining listeners turn this podcast off. Sorry, Tim. Bye, Tim. It's kind of like Milton's Lucifer am I right Nick? do you see where I'm going with this kind of yeah so John Milton <laughs> mm-hmm. he was a he was a guy he yes. was he wrote some things some he pretty dictated interesting things to his niece but... yes and uh, they wrote a little book a little little epic poem you may have heard of uh, it's called Paradise Lost and The most interesting character, we're told, and I believe, in Paradise Lost is Lucifer, right? Mm -hmm. Lucifer is interesting and beautiful and motivated and um, tragic and all of the things. And I think that um, Joe Exotic would be a person that would be kind of in that mold in this narrative, right? He's kind of interesting and tragic, and has real flaws, and is too big for his britches, and ends up causing a lot of trouble for both himself and others. And then Carol Baskin is like that prototypical, and we've all come from uh, various places within the, the the Christian world. Is the prototypical bland,
1: kind she's of like
0: weird, yeah, good guy. She's she's Michael. It's like, well, you're not that interesting or exciting and i kind of am sad that you won even though it's right that you won
2: mm-hmm. it's true
0: so that's my very pretentious literary knowledge.
2: well i mean even in media in general being good is boring
0: or at least it's portrayed as such so like this make... is not called the rescue lady of the tigers yeah
2: we're like who has a more dynamic character captain america or Iron Man. Like, obviously, Captain America has... I'm speaking... I'm using Marvel because it's, like, mythology for us now, I guess. Yeah. Lingua like, Franca. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, Captain America's interesting because the whole, like, mm, fish out of water. I was in World War II. and like, what's a cell phone Ooh, Ooh, That <laughs> was tiny. <laughs> <laughs> but, like...
0: What would um, happen if Chris Evans lost 100 pounds? Mean, what
2: if Chris Evans was naked all the time? <laughs> sure. But, yeah, like, right. it... It is never as interesting as someone like Tony, because Tony is rash. He is a business mogul. He likes ladies. Question. Questionable, ethical yeah. reasoning just, at times. He was an arms dealer before <laughs> the like, and it, because of that, I think, at least for me, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but maybe I just have such a bad self-image, but... I never relate to the good guy because I don't feel good all the time. And Satan, you know, in Paradise Lost, the thing that really, like, hooks him as a character for me is that very famous, like, is it better to be a servant in heaven or a ruler in hell? You know, that's a that's a question I've wondered.
0: And I think Joe Exotic answers that question similarly.
2: Yes. And I think Joe Exotic has this kind of aura about him, especially that ending scene where they play that really old video where he's with the little tiger cubs, and he's talking about, like, not breeding them and mm-hmm. caring for them, and just seeing where it started and how it went that's so much more relatable than at least what we got of Carol. Because that's the truth, too, Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm, this is about Joe Exotic, and the development time was mostly on him. We heard that Carol had that weird gun moment, car ride thing, which was weirdly one of the few reenacted scenes of the whole documentary. We got some little pictures of Carol. Mm -hmm. But we never really got to see, like any of those intimate things and with Doc Antle we didn't see any of that we don't I don't know where he came from or who he is or like what his story is besides the obvious gross sex cult he runs and I'd be interested if Joe Exotic served the function that Doc Antle serves and it was about
0: him instead would we switch our sympathies just because of information well that's something that's worth bringing up because one of my favorite things about this documentary is there were so many times where i paused it on a scene and i just said to myself and others frequently my apologies nick i said man i'd watch a whole documentary about just this whatever this Mm -hmm. like whether it was like (laughs) how did you get the walmart meat how did that go down and the pizzeria. Whose idea was that? And I want to know more about the person whose arm got torn off. And mm-hmm. I want to know more about the guy who has two graphite legs. And like, why at the end he said this whole thing was really intense and it made me leave my wife of thirty years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like to live alone. And in like to be very honest, dear reader, I want to know more about the powerhouse uh, U.S. attorney because. She's got some Rachel Maddow vibes, and I'm into it. I'm just going to be very honest. Like, very powerful woman. Prepared statement. Let me read this out loud. Severe haircut. Very ungettable. Kind of like, listen, I'm not here for you, but I am here for you, and I get it. Multi-layered, very strong heterosexual vibes coming uh, from her at the same time as not heterosexual vibes coming from her. Anyway, here for it. uh, Young Ellen. Great, perfect queen. She's obviously the main character of an incredible uh, legal drama we have not yet seen, mm-hmm. and I just want to put that out there. I think that uh, she had all the things, and I was she shocked. she came prepared, and she brought the house down. She did that closing statement. I didn't know federal
2: prosecutors were allowed to be that like flowery yep. in mm-hmm. their language, and it's oh, it that is. The thing about this documentary that is the most lasting impression for me is its surrealness. Like,
0: it's too much. It's too much. It's almost too real. Like, it's that dessert where you're like, you didn't have to put cream yeah. on. I don't this. need two Great Walls of China, P.F. Chang's
2: <laughs> Great Chocolate Walls of China, that you got from a freezer. Just one would have sufficed. Just one. Mm -hmm. Anyone who needs seven layers of chocolate cake, the raspberry sauce was nice. Not necessary. Yeah. This isn't Matilda. Like, I don't need to see this. And, like, there's just moments in that. The flowery speech. Her and that... The flags in The... the, like, western cowboy like standoff music like obviously that was added but she was in that room and she did say those words and he did hire a hitman and they did talk about the stupid nanny at the end that was a real thing yeah we saw someone talk about the sexual attractiveness of a nanny that they're hiring yes for their child yes um and that happened in real life in front of a camera and it just seems fake or
0: Surreal, surreal, surreal. It's like in between. Quick, <laughs> flash quiz, <laughs> lightning round. Favorite side character. So it can't be one of the one of the monarchs.
1: Favorite side character. I do not remember his name because. Why? Why would I? It's really? a surf. But the uh, the head zookeeper with the very long hair worked for Joe Exotic. He. He endeared himself to me instantly when he was asked. There's a whole series of people. How many wives does Doc Antle have? He goes person to person to person and then gets to him. How many wives does Doc Antle have? I don't even care. <laughs> At that moment, I knew I liked him. And he continued to be probably my favorite, we'll say, side character for the rest of the series. Yeah.
2: Nick? I liked Joe Exotic's Herald. The little libertarian campaign manager boy. Oh my god! <laughs> that like he m- was incredible. That weird incel that's always filmed in front of like chicken coops or something. I want to know what he does now. The witnesser of the gun of the you gunfire. Know, literally. Okay. <laughs> Just gloves off, watching someone shoot themselves in the head. Are you kidding me? And we heard it. Like, we get to hear it, Mm -hmm. and he's sitting there, and he's like, yeah, it was the most traumatic experience of my life. I'm like, yeah, dude. But he
0: he reacted the same way I do at every uh, baby gender reveal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just hands on your face, total shock and awe, but also it was the ending of an actual human life, which is a lot sadder than baby gender reveals, although...
1: There can be a parallel depending on your
0: perspective. Exactly. Yeah.
2: I just think he really saw into the heart of Joe Exotic. And and he got him 19%. And he did a good job. He got him 19% in the gubernatorial race in Oklahoma. And he had the final word. He has the final word in the series. He reminds the audience that it's not about the kingdoms. And it's not about the sex cults. And it's not about the meth or the teeth or lack thereof. It's about... The tigers and the fact that tigers and big cats and exotic animals are being poached traded for weird personal fantasy projects by the i almost said the word (laughs) never mind but like it's just strange that he really gets that he is the send-off of kind of the whole saga
0: yeah so i appreciated that and just okay. for my part, like I think it's a little disrespectful to call her ladyship the prosecute the U.S. Uh, attorney, um, a side character. So I'm going to put her just in her own category of just incredible power and sexuality. And I'm going to say that my favorite um, side character is Joe Exotics' first not gay husband. Because that dude made a decision. Yeah. (laughs) He he made a decision early on that he was not, under any circumstances, going to do an interview with a shirt on. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you have got to give it to him, like, (laughs) wholesale. That dude was like, I have a conviction, and it's that this is my moment. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to show you the number of teeth I have. I think it's four could be we didn't uh, see the molars I, yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. maybe more who can say i am obviously not really gay uh, maybe a little bit the
1: maybe pink camel bit.
2: thing i was like
0: okay maybe a little bit and not to enforce
2: stereotypes but when he said that i was like oh because you remember the pink camel i do I remember he's like pink people camel. make fun of me for this yeah. but i really like it and yeah. i was mm-hmm. like Maybe that's how you view
0: this whole thing. It could be. You it could like, be. Yeah, I'm going to... I just love that he made that decision and stuck with it. And I'm, I'm sure at some point, someone on the crew said, Hey, man, do you want to wear a shirt? And he said, No, nah, man, this is me. Yeah. So, you do you.
1: I also uh, really do have to give him the award for one of the worst tattoo cover-ups I've ever seen. That's There's, true, there, there is a, a picture example that I've seen where it's Shaquille O'Neal standing on the street and says this was his tattoo, and then it's Shaquille O'Neal standing behind a very skinny pole that is blocking <coughs> maybe at best 20% of Shaquille O'Neal in this photo, and then it says his tattoo after the cover-up, and I think that's actually a pretty it's accurate true. description.
2: It's true, and we haven't even talked about that specter of death, like that... X-Files cigarette smoking man, the reality TV show producer dude. <laughs> oh my god, Who was with like, the
0: weirdest voice that's yeah. ever happened? He
2: looked like an animated scarecrow. No,
0: he's the smoking man from the X-Files. Yeah. That's it's look
1: it up, kids. Please. Use the Google to your advantage. The yeah. truth is out. Pull there. out your Bing,
2: <laughs> <laughs> type in x slash cigarette man, and you'll see what comes up.
0: <laughs> don't, don't do not do that. <laughs> uh, incredible. So, having said these things, having identified side characters and themes, having talked a little bit about what this thing is at its heart, when we look back on Tiger King five years from now, ten years from now, whatever, what do you predict we will remember or see what will be the legacy of Tiger King?
1: In terms of the pop culture recollection, sure. it will be the weirdness, the zaniness, the antics. It, it will be just like any other quote-unquote reality TV experience. I I genuinely don't think that anything deeper than that and some of the quotes will, will really resonate farther than that. I do genuinely hope that, from a legal standpoint, it does play a part in some really terrible treatment of animals coming to an end, or at least it plays a part in maybe it's one more step in the journey towards that coming to an end. So here's hoping to that.
0: Yeah, you probably shouldn't be able to just like wantonly kill animals because they are no longer convenient to you or make you money. That's a guess. Yeah, I'm no ethicist, but <laughs> God, that is a <laughs> that's a guess. Um, okay. Nick, how will you
2: remember this? How will I remember it, or how culture will remember? Either, either, or. Yes. How I will remember it? Okay, I'm a bad test subject for this because, and this isn't me, you know, trying to brag about something that's awful, I guess, but... Go ahead and do it. Here I go. I I said I wasn't, so now it's not happening. Um, It's just, I think there's a part of me that watches so much weird, awkward, marginal (laughs) content. It's kind of my go-to. A lot of YouTube. A lot of like Crystal Conferences and (laughs) Talladega Speedways and Supercuts of various Donald kinds. Trump Jr. book club signings, just anything where the excrement of our culture kind of runs downhill and settles. I'm there, you know. So, Tiger King, in terms of weirdness, it's still a really weird show. Like, even me, I was like, wow, that's really weird. So, I think I'll remember that. But, I think my big thing that came from this is I'm having. Trouble remembering that this is artifice. Mm. Like, it. I think something that could be really scary from this, not in, like, an apocalyptic way, but just a fear I have is this is still art. And even if it is a documentary, it's edited. It's structured. <clears throat> it's dramatic. It has music. It has reenactments. It has title cards. This is not a slice of life, a realistic window into these people's
0: every day editing is a hell of a drug
2: yeah and that's not saying that these that the filmmakers were malicious or like trying to manipulate the audience but it's just i've seen so many people who carol baskin's murdering her husband for example it's like well you don't we i don't know anything about that case besides what the documentary decided to tell us i don't know anything about joe exotic's past besides what the documentary deemed important. And so it was curated, and it was made, and I've seen some people say that the type of editing is also judgmental. Um, There's certain scenes when the incel campaign manager smokes that vape, it's a quick cut in the middle of his conversation to show an embarrassing moment, which maybe makes him more relatable, that's true, but it also makes him look... A little bit weirder than he yeah. actually really is. Like, he took a bad hit of some weed vape. Okay. But, like, it makes him look like a loser in some ways. And, way, and
0: so. maybe there's a couple, a few different ways, several different ways that you can go with this. On one hand, it could be that he was kind of a boring character to the filmmakers. They wanted to add some kind of angle to him. It could make him seem more empathetic, mm-hmm. uh, sympathetic as a character um it could be to like be kind of a jerk and make fun of him as some sort of soft incel nerd there's a lot of different interpretations to that cut but you're right it's not a natural thing to include in just a factual documentary about the tiger
2: king like if this was a 60 minutes about joe exotic that would not be in it and that's not saying that's good or bad but just really remembering that maybe an editor thought it was just funny yeah Or like you said, if someone's boring or not interesting enough, and so a filmmaker will not embellish, but maybe underline certain things. Highlight. Highlight. That is stepping away from reality. So I I just try to keep that in the back of my mind of I really enjoyed it. I loved it. I thought it was great. But I have to
0: remember that it's still,
2: it's not Mm -hmm.
0: reality. It's still a piece of art, and in being a piece of art, like you said, there's artifice involved. There's craft involved. There are artistic decisions. Many, 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 many artistic decisions that are made. So I don't. I, I think you're right in saying, like, with this, as with most documentaries or nonfiction in general, we should be aware that decisions are being made and that this is a story told from a perspective. Mm-hmm and that it's not some sort of neutral god's eye observer where we get to see all the facts yep any final thoughts rick
1: for me the uh the true takeaway of everything was it was a really good view of what happens when people are in a position for their egos to go completely unchecked when there is zero accountability and Thing that can be for other people as well but it was it was a spectacle a spectacle to behold at the end of the day i'm glad i watched it because i didn't know if that would be the case when i started the journey frankly i didn't even know if that was going to be the case right up to the last episode but at the end of the day i'm glad i watched it yeah,
0: yeah i learned a lot i didn't know a lot of facts that were shared yeah. so mm-hmm. that that for was really sure. nick do you have any final thoughts not beyond that. Uh, and my final thoughts, other than just the the gravitas of the prosecutor, just the, the sheer humanity brought to the big stage. I mean, should this person be the president? You decide. I don't know. <laughs> but besides that, uh, my final thought is I'm really glad that a lot of us had something that we could talk about during one of the weirder moments of all of our lives. And that this was in some strange way unifying. And one of those pop culture moments that we don't get a ton of anymore, where not all of us, but a lot of us are doing the same thing at the same time. So that was was kind of a cool thing. And uh, we hope that you enjoyed this uh, three white guy Conversation version of Tiger King, and guess what? Even if we spoiled everything for you and you haven't seen it, it's still worth seeing, uh, Mom, uh, or or whoever, um, and uh, you know you can borrow my Netflix password. But uh, for now, um, this has been Ryan and Nick and Rick, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Me.